Welcome to a new episode of Career Buzz, the unique radio career conversations that empower lives, enrich careers, and energize organizations. Be inspired right here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Our program today is a Career Buzz production of Hoda's Career Info. In today's episode, we talk about career coaching across different cultures. We will also learn the value of career coaching services in Canada. And finally, be sure to listen and find out why you should not use the term follow your passion when exploring career options. I'm your host, Hora Kilani, certified professional career coach and founder of Right Career Fit, a private practice committed to increase career literacy among Canada's youth. I am pleased to be your host today on Career Buzz. Career Buzz, the show with the intention to empower lives, enrich careers, and energize organizations. I look forward to a season of career chats with international career professionals who will inspire you to take your journey to the next level. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Later on Career Buzz, you will meet career coach Sabrina McTaggart. But first, I invite you to join me and cross-cultural career specialist Raza Abbas. Raza Abbas is a globally acclaimed career practitioner from Pakistan. He earned outstanding International Career Practitioner Awards for his inclusive work from NCDA and ABCDA and features in global bestseller, The World Book of Hope. His work with parents and young people has been highlighted in the OECD publications. Join me as Raza shares the value of career coaching services. I am your host, Hoda. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Thank you so much, Reza Abbas, for agreeing to be a part of Huda's Career Info. I appreciate your time and the information and experience you're going to share today. And um, as usual, with every guest, I like to start the show by giving you a challenge, a challenge to share a personal definition of what you think is your key term in your work, a key career term. I like to think of it because I am promoting career literacy. Uh, so which career term would you like to define and describe? Uh, thank you, Dr. Hoda, for inviting me to your wonderful show. And I would like to uh, congratulate you for promoting and advocating career literacy. I think we need more um, YouTube channels and more people that are passionate to advocate collectively career literacy as regards to your question. Um, I believe there are various terms of careers in our career services sector. I mean, there's a whole... There's a whole glossary of terms. I think that's a that's a kind of a brain teaser, but the one that that really is close to my heart and that really brings the best of the human race is career coaching. And I and the, and the reason why I say that because career coaching is such a powerful way of seeing um, people that are that are, have not discovered what they are passionate about. Through career coaching, you are able to transform, listen to them actively using the grow model which is which i use in my practice and seeing them transform in as as the practice evolves and that's a great feeling that's a great feeling when you see people that that start uh, counseling that start coaching with very uh, uh, less confidence with not sure about what they want to do 
uh, and then getting that endorsement and getting that self-assurance from people of the career services sector that is a great feeling to have so I, i'm really fortunate to contribute in that thank you for taking on the challenge or the brain teaser as you called it i appreciate that reza part of your uh, linkedin title uh, you describe yourself as a cross-cultural career specialist now we know you're a career coach and you work in the field but what does this title mean to you and the work that you do well um i have been uh, i have lived the world the the, uh, the notion of diversity as a as a careers practitioner as a global careers practitioner i started my uh, my uh, my my movement my careers movement in 2010 when i started presenting at international conferences of iavg apcda aracd ncda icc tpp so these are all international platforms that people wish in their in their careers to present so i was very fortunate to be not just to present but to present consistently and one of the things that i i really enjoy is connecting with people from different nationalities and what thing we have in common is careers and that ignites us that makes the careers conversations evolving and that makes us united as a as a as a careers community so the, so the reason why i use a cross cultural um, careers specialist is that i'm able to connect with people from different nationalities very quickly in a very friendly manner and um, uh, and our common goal is careers and i think um, um, uh, cultural intelligence is a very important trait for career services uh, people to engage in their practice and in their respective professions i love the world of the use cultural intelligence that would have been another word for me to ask you to define <laughs> but we can keep that for later uh i am interested also in your background like how did you get to the opportunity to present internationally so what's your story i guess um as much uh, as you can tell us of it and now today you're here through that story what's the message that you would like to share with the audience by being on the show sure thank you well i was fortunate to go to the us to the university of arizona that's lost that's where i lost all my hair i had a lot of hair when i when i when i went my my college education but uh, tucson was extremely hot and um uh, so i was fortunate to pursue my my dual degrees my first degree was in business administration my second degree was in communications i had a distinction and then when i graduated um uh, i had a uh, i had a very good offer from a fortune 500 company uh and uh, that was uh, working in uh, upstate new york which i respectfully um, declined and i said you know uh, though the money is great but i this is not adding value to uh, people's lives and the person who had offered me at that time he was a bit uh, annoyed at me he said you know are you are you crazy i said no i i i really respect your um, your offer but i want to be true to myself and i want to be true to my to my purpose and my passion in life i want to go back home to pakistan and I want to i want to start a career counseling movement so he saw that this guy is totally um, gone crazy anyways to cut the story short i went back home and i declined that offer with, uh, with a with a nice thank you note and i went back home and i said you know career counseling is something i'm very passionate about and i talked to my father who is, who's been a great mentor and he is a seasoned banker and he said you know i don't know anything about career counseling but if you can uh advocate and if you can research about career counseling and present globally people know you that this person is passionate about careers then do it otherwise don't do a half 
half-hearted uh, profession said no no don't worry about that i will i just want your uh, assurance and i want your support as a parent and the reason why i say parents because parents in, in our part of the world are a great game changer when it comes to career decision making so i had to take his buy in as they often say in the in, in our in our business terms so i got the buy in from my father he said you know i have i have uh, you have my full support and he gave me the first uh, birthday gift on my birthday he gave me a book called what color is your parachute which is a very famous uh, career book so that was my first book that i received and i started researching different platforms internationally where career counseling career guidance work is done i was fortunate to receive advice for my career counselor from the university of arizona that iebg is the international uh, uh, platform and i started um, uh, presenting there in cape town that was the my first international uh, talk on career reforms in pakistan and i remember at that time this was more than 10 years ago my uh, my session was absolutely there were there were no people there were there were people standing outside the room there was a lot of curiosity to to listen to the perspective from the south and um, that's when i started engaging with international people and i felt so encouraged by by their intellectual humility of international colleagues they were so willing to help me guide me and i said you know i have no clue about career counseling but i'm extremely passionate about this why because we in pakistan we have uh, 6 60% people in our country are young people however they are directionless when it comes to careers so i want to help my people on how to navigate the process of career direction how to find meaningful goals and link it to their uh, to their purpose in life and to cut the story short i was able to find various international platforms present consistently and also received awards from the apcda the asia pacific career development association in 2017 and the ncda in 2019 as the outstanding international career practitioner year uh, uh, year award and that's that's my story of igniting lights not just in pakistan but globally through my practice and through my youtube channel recently as well I am your host Hoda. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is cross-cultural careers specialist Raza Abbas, and you are listening to Career Buzz production of Hoda's Career Info on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at ciut.fm. Up next on Hoda's Career Info, Raza explains why we need to advocate for UN careers and livelihood day. Uh, you definitely are passionate about your work, and, uh, and uh, it uh, comes out from what you're saying as you're talking right now, but also from your accomplishments so far. You're not done yet. You're moving forward with more passion. Um, I can see it by all the work that you are doing. And so the next work I want to talk about is your YouTube channel. Um, it's definitely um, known across Canada for sure and the U.S. and globally. Uh, which is kind of on target of what you hope to accomplish. Uh, the name of the YouTube channel is Maximizing Career Guidance and Development. Um, I am curious, what were your reasons to start it? I know it's, a, you know, you're, you're aiming globally, but what were your reasons for starting it? And are the reasons that you started it back then still the same today? Well, one of the things that when, I, when the pandemic started, uh, there was a lot of fear. in the in the community in the careers community just all in general there was so much of fear of you know what what next and as a person who practices hope i was i'm fortunate to 
collaborate with Dr. Anthony Sholey, who's an international expert on hope. Um, and I said, you know, how can I give hope to our careers community? So I met all these great people over the last 15 years uh, through career conferences. And I said, why not come up with a YouTube channel in which I am able to articulate our, our common goal, which is promoting careers literacy through people, through, through, in, through career influencers that are not only uh, successful in their respective countries, but, national, but internationally. Uh, and they were very kind enough to support my vision. And I said, the, the objective of this YouTube channel is, is to basically ignite the careers community that are currently in a, in a sense of uh, um, fear with this whole pandemic. So why not use this pandemic to a positive uh, vibe? And why not start having career conversations on topics that we all love to talk about? And then I started uh, identifying people that are very articulate in, in, in communicating. I think we have some great uh, communicators in our careers services sector. The second thing that I, 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 I wanted to ensure was the people that I'm uh, profiling, what is their impact uh, in their respective countries in Canada and internationally? I have a lot of uh, friends from Canada uh, and uh, from other countries as well. So I wanted to give the international community different lens, not just Canada, but the US, South Africa, uh, Denmark, uh, different countries. So people can, uh, the emerging countries can actually realize that careers is something that is very, very, has significance to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And a lot of people have actually done in their respective countries. So we can draw upon best practice. And the most important part of this YouTube channel was to advocate. I think as a careers community, at times we do great work, but we are too quiet about it on a, on a lighter note. And I say, you know, uh, you have to um, be visible. And I, and I coming with a, with a very strong marketing background, I was fortunate to have a business background with, with my first degree. And I said, you know, it's important to be um, uh, modest, yet you have to be visible on, on social media. You have to articulate what you are trying to achieve through people that have done well in, in our career services sector. So um, that was the uh, whole uh, arching um, uh, framework, and I was and I'm fortunate to have 17 career conversations so far with leading career influencers. They are well-known names, not just in Canada but, uh, but across the globe, and they are uh, adding value to the YouTube channel. And I'm and I'm excited to continue them, giving the viewers more new perspectives and also allowing the new career specialists to start their own YouTube channels. I think it's important that we all are here to contribute. So what whoever can contribute in their own humble manners, uh, whether it's once a month or once a week or once after every few months, I think this is a great service of uh, career literacy. And that's how we, are, we will be able to make further impact. Definitely a lot of work you are doing. And recently you told me about the Hope Institute. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and what's happening and what's the idea behind it? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Dr. Anthony Sholey, uh, who is an international authority on hope. Um, we have known him for the last eight, nine years now. Uh, I was fortunate uh, to attend a hope conference, believe it or not, in uh, Padova, Italy. Uh, this was in 2014, if I remember correctly, or 2013. And that's where I met Dr. Sholey and uh, he presented on hope. 
And I was really excited about the whole notion of hope. And for the last several years, we have been uh, developing, uh, um, he, he had a brainchild of having a inclusive hope institute for, uh, for people from across the globe, for, for different segments of the society, not just the education sector, but the corporate sector as well. So uh, we have recently, we have been now uh, registered in the US as an international hope institute. Uh, and we look forward executing um, programs for inclusive communities in 2022 on hope. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a game changer. It's a game changer uh, in, uh, in, the, in the development sector for people that are uh, going through difficult times. And we were very, very fortunate to um, present at the Manitoba conference uh, a few uh, weeks back. And we are also presenting uh, at the Connexus conference, uh, which is next month. So for those of you who missed it, this is a great opportunity to meet Dr. Shioli, who's, a, who's, a, who's an inspiration for, for humanity. And I, uh, we are always looking for uh, uh, great ideas on how we can strengthen the Hope Institute. Congratulations on getting the Hope Institute going. It's a lot of work, eight years of hard work, but uh, you finally made it, so this is exciting. Um, what are some of the things or new ideas going on through your mind or that you hope to accomplish in the new year um, right now? Uh, one of the things I, um, 2000, the new year comes with a lot of aspirations, a lot of lessons learned. So one of the things I usually do at the end of the year, I say, you know, what were the main, um, uh, um, what were the main contributions, what I would like to carry on, what I would like to start. So one of the things I was very fortunate to start uh, in the last 15 years is to develop various career centers. So now one of the things I would like to help new emerging countries is to develop career centers. And I think that will be a great service to new emerging countries on how can we develop capacity development career services center for emerging countries, A. Uh, the second part is to be more digital, uh, I think, I would like to uh, have my programs available uh, online. Uh, and there, there, there are two programs I would like to uh, launch. The first one is the Parental Career Guidance. I was fortunate to present at the OECD conference a few months back. And I think there's, there's a big uh, appetite for that, especially in this part of the world, where parents make a big, um, are a big uh, decision maker in regards to career planning. So that is a big appetite. Uh, and uh, thirdly is, um, uh, uh, being available online for capacity development, for career coaching and startup advising. And the most important one is employment counseling. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we at times you focus a lot on purpose and direction. I mean, you get that, that's, that's great. But at times people, I see a lot of people, especially mid career professionals, seasoned career professionals that are, that are often have uh, challenges in their, uh, in their work situations. So as career practitioners, how can we bridge the gap? How can we give them hope to increase their employability, to make them not just employable, but to promote them at the workplace? And I think the workplace coaching is something that I really enjoy doing. And employment advising is very important because, you know, we have this uh, debate going on in the U.S. that people are resigning in big numbers. They are not able to cope uh, with so much of un uncertain changes. So I think as a, as a career practitioner, it is, there's a great responsibility on us on how we can help the, 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 a significant workforce to help them cope and to help them be more agile and to add value at their respective organizations. So, so workplace 
coaching is something that I'm I'm looking forward to contribute more in along with my blogs uh, and my contributions globally. Uh, definitely great work that you are doing and I hope you continue to have that passion that you have and, and uh, working with a purpose to advocate for sure. I can sense that. Um, these are all the questions I have for you today, Raza. Was there anything else you wanted to finish with before we wrap up? Yeah, well, first, uh, first of all, thank you very much for the opportunity. I enjoyed this conversation, a very exciting conversation. I would just like to mention two uh, things that you can, uh, the viewers that are listening to your um, uh, 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 video. First of all, uh, regarding the UN Sustainable Development Goals, uh, we have a blog, uh, and I would like to uh, I will request uh, Dr. Hoda to share that in the links of the of the interview. And they, uh, there are various UN days uh, that the United Nations celebrate. So my request to the uh, to the viewers that are listening to this around the globe, that I will I, we will uh, we will um, recommend and we will request that if you can pick any UN day that you are passionate about and link it with career development. That will be a great contribution uh, uh, towards this uh, uh, um, towards this cause. We are working, we have a, a wonderful group of uh, um, volunteers that, that, uh, that is working on a UN Careers and Livelihood Day. So every effort is, uh, is valued. So uh, I, will, I will be sharing the link uh, after this interview to Dr. Hoda. So you can, you can look at the blog and you can, you can contribute. So that will be a great uh, way of uh, contributing. And if you have any questions regarding your career, whether you are starting your career or whether you are in your mid of your career, or whether you want to uh, whether you want to start up a new idea, I will be happy to have a career conversation. I'm very open and very uh, accessible to reach. My email address is razaabas.hr at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me. You are listening to Career Buzz on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at CIUT.FM. Stories show that who you are matters. I'm your host, Hoda. Before continuing on with today's show, I would like to remind you about Career Buzz's other episodes of Inspiring Career Stories. To check them out, go to careercycles.com and click podcast or subscribe to the podcast Career Buzz on your favorite podcast app. And please do leave us a review. For more career info, have a listen to past episodes, including my career chat with Career Buzz host, Mark Franklin. My next guest today is career coach, Sabrina McTaggart. Sabrina recognizes the enormous potential and gifts in each client she works with. She is a career coach who specializes in working with young adults to help ensure they make a successful transition from education to employment. She believes that every young person deserves the opportunity to understand who they are and what is happening out there in the world of work so they can make their next decision with confidence. By working collaboratively with her young adult clients, Sabrina is able to help them put together the pieces of their own unique puzzle as they make important career-related decisions that will profoundly shape their future. Join me and Sabrina to learn about the coaching process. Thank you so much, Sabrina McTaggart, for agreeing to join me today on How Does Career Info and to support career literacy or career education. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you here. 
um, I always start with the show with asking my guests to define a career term. And for you, you chose career planning. I'm very excited to hear your definition or description of this term and how it relates to your work as well. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, career planning. I, 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 what I wanted to emphasize when I chose this term was an understanding that career planning is a process. It is, uh, for most of us, it is a lifelong process that uh, extends over several decades. And that it can start when children are very young. I think uh, so often we think of careers as something that once we get to college or university, then we start career planning. But I like to think of this as something that starts from around the dinner table, even when your children are as young as five or six, um, when you ask them, you know, would you rather do this or this? You give them choices and you tune into what their choices are, what their responses are, and, and help them to foster that self-awareness, being curious about themselves. Um, you know, when our children move into those early tween years, we can notice things like we can say to them, I noticed that you really enjoyed when we got to redecorate your bedroom, when you got to choose the paint colors and the, the bedding and the furniture and to notice their strengths, their natural skills and aptitudes. Um, it's also identifying skills is part of career planning. And again, that can start at a very young age and, and parents and teachers and educators and grandparents do these young people a great service when they help them to tune into their own natural skills and, and aptitudes. Another one that, that is part of career planning that I like to think can start very early is helping a young person identify what is it that I value? You know, that's such a central part of good career planning and good career exploration. And in, in, in a broader sense, we're asking these young people, what does success mean to you? What does the good life mean to you? And so, you know, a friend of mine, her daughter just declared, she's a teenager, she's 14, and she just declared that she's a vegetarian. Well, that's a great, you might not think vegetarian has any connection to career planning, but it actually does. That's an expression of this teenager's value system. You know, is it protecting the, is it, is it, is it addressing the climate crisis and the environmental crisis we're facing? Is it about animal rights? What is the value that's driving that choice? And, and that will play into career planning in the future. Um, it, it's, you know, for previous generations, you, you went to college, you picked a field, you found a good job at a stable company, you worked there for many departments, maybe you moved up in your department. You often worked in the same industry in the same company for many, many decades. And then you retired and you know you got the gold watch and your pension. Um, and, and you never even questioned your next step. Um, now professionals, young people, um, they, they change jobs every couple of years. They might even change industries every couple of years. They will have multiple different roles. And that again ties into career planning, understanding that it is a process, it is a lifelong process. It starts with self-reflection and self-awareness. 
So, so it, it's, you will reinvent yourself many, many times over the course of your career. And I like to think of this as presenting great opportunities. It presents great opportunities, a freedom that perhaps previous generations didn't have. Absolutely. I love your focus on values. I think I agree with you on that too much <laughs> and how important they are. And I loved your vegetarian example because, uh, you know, it's not easy to connect. Not, you know, not you right away to connect. Okay, you know, you're stating your values uh, and where did that come from? And uh, of course, I just view it as a lifelong process as well. And uh, with that in mind, uh, can you tell us your career journey a little bit about it and uh, maybe starting high school and how you got to choose what you chose uh, a master's of education and, um, and then what led you to start your business? Well, this is a perfect segue because I will tell you my career journey and values is really at the center of how I came to be doing the work that I'm doing. Um, my dad uh, encouraged me from a very, very young age to be a scientist. He said that focusing on, uh, this was a long time ago, and he said focusing on genetic engineering would be a wise way to establish myself in my career. And he, he was a real intellectual snob, my dad. He said, you don't wanna be a doctor. He said, doctors, they just deal with broken legs and the common cold. He said, what you wanna do, he told me this when I was five years old, what you wanna do is do your PhD in science. Um, and, and he suggested genetic engineering, which was quite prescient of him. And he said, you will discover some new piece of scientific knowledge that the world has never known about. And that will be your contribution. That will be your legacy. So I was a good girl. I didn't want to disappoint my dad. I went off to high school. I studied very, very hard. I took all the maths, all the sciences. I got accepted to Queen's University. I went to Queen's uh, Life Sciences. My first year courses were math, physics, chemistry, biology, and one elective. Hoda, it was crazy hard. It was a very, very challenging program for me, particularly because I don't really even have an aptitude for math and science. And so I was working really, really hard just to keep my head above water. As you grow up during those university years, by the time I got to my last year, I realized I'm not going to be a scientist. I'm not going to do a PhD in science. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Dad, but I'm not even going to be a doctor. And But I was in a real panic because I really had no career direction. I had a student loan to pay off, and I didn't know what I was going to do next. I went to student services um, on the Queen's campus, and I got recruited by a big multinational pharmaceutical company. And they came and packed up all my stuff. They asked me to take a sales territory here in Ottawa. On my first day of work, I was delivered a brand new car, great big Buick Regal. And I could drive that car for business, for personal, whatever, all my gas paid for, my insurance paid for, and a bigger salary than I ever imagined banking. And my job was to drive around to all the doctor's offices in Ottawa and, and, and see if I could get it invited into their back private office and, um, you know, suggest that they would use my drug. And you know what? I found out I could actually do that job and I could do it well. I was successful in my sales roles. My sales went up and up and up. I was rewarded with these incentive trips, you know, flown to Puerto Rico and the Bahamas and the Barbados with 
these reward trips. So on the surface, it all looks good, right? She's got a great salary. Her boss loves her. She's doing well. She's got these trips. She's got these cars. But here's the problem. I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable in my job. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why. Because all my friends would say, you know, you've, you've got it made, you know. I was miserable because that job did not align with my values. And, um, but I, I was taking, a, I took a course at Carleton University on career exploration. I was reading books like, what color is your parachute? And eventually I decided, uh, so, so it, kept, it kept coming around to, you should be a counselor, you should be a therapist, you're a helper, you should, you know, go into uh, be a psychologist or psychotherapist. But I knew for my own personal reasons, that isn't the kind of work I wanted to do. That, that just didn't, there, was, there were elements I liked about it, but a lot that I didn't like about it. And so I decided I needed professional help. So I went to see a professional career coach in downtown Toronto. And um, I thought, you know, this is gonna get me the help I need. Well, as it turns out, the career counselor who I can't even remember her name, but um, she was, uh, let's say, underwhelming in her um, work with me. It was, she was very lackluster. She didn't seem engaged in the work at all. And I had a light bulb moment where I realized you're doing a terrible job at this. I could do a better job than you. Wait a minute, I think I wanna do your job. And that was the beginning of my journey was understanding I went back to school. I did my master's in education, specializing in counseling. Um, and then, I had my children. And again, I'm a very values driven person. And I chose to homeschool my children Two energetic, rambunctious boys. I chose to homeschool them for all of their elementary years. But when they decided to go off to high school, I said, have fun at high school. And now it's my turn. And at that point, I started my business. Um, and, and, and because I could see my boys were entering their teenage years. And of course, we, because I'm so interested in this kind of work and I'm interested in career planning, I had had those discussions around the dinner table with my children, but I could see that a lot of their friends, their teenage friends were struggling. And that's, that was uh, the, the, the real doorway for me to say, wait a minute, I think there's an opportunity here. So yeah, so I've been at it for about 10 years now, so. Well, that's that's a long time, yes. And uh, you still, uh, I can still feel the passion in your voice oh. for your work. Uh, I, uh, love so. I love it, I love it. I mean, it's, it's a privilege, yeah. And that's always exciting because that's part of what we get, hope our clients will get to a stage where they say, you can, they don't have to say I'm passionate about my work, but when they talk about it, you can pick up on that passion. Yeah. I am your host, Hoda. Thank you for tuning in. My guest is Sabrina McTaggart, and you are listening to a Career Pros production of Hoda's Career Info, right here on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto. Up next on Hoda's Career Info, Sabrina warns against using the term follow your passion when exploring career options. My next question, who is your ideal client? I mean, who do you work with in your business? 
I have three main groups that I work with. I work with a lot of high school students, um, the majority of whom are in grades 11 and 12. They can see that the end of high school is on their horizon. Perhaps they've watched older siblings or, or friends, older friends um, go through the process of choosing post-secondary. Am, am I going to college? Am I going to university? Am I taking a gap year? How does my, what I, how do I choose my major, my course of study? How does that connect to career direction? So that's a big uh, group that I work with. I have worked with students, super keen students, as young as grade nine and grade 10, but I really think that grade 11 and grade 12 is the ideal time to start this work. I also work with students who are currently in high school, I mean, sorry, in university or in college, and they're not happy. They don't like their program. Maybe they have their grades have been so low that they're on academic probation. They're questioning what is this leading to? Why am I doing this? I, I don't know why I'm doing all this work. Um, or they've dropped out. So that's the second group I work with. And the third group I work with is people who have just graduated. They've got their degree and they say, now what am I supposed to do? So th those are the three main groups that I work with. Um, well, thank you for clarifying that. And then, um, so you work with teenagers and young adults. If I were to ask you today, what do you wish teenagers and young adults knew about the career planning process? What would you tell them? I would say, um, you know, young people, uh, I'm sure you've heard this, Hoda, are often told, just follow your passion. You know, just, just you know, if, if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, wow, I mean, that passion, I call it the P word because it's so loaded. When we think of passion, we usually associate the word passion with ro the romantic side of our life. So that creates some very grand expectations for work. And so I, I would encourage young people to, uh, you know, maybe put that, that word aside and start to think more about what am I interested in? As I move from the world of being, and I say this respectfully, they're moving teenagers, they're moving from the world of being a kid into the adult world. What captures my attention? What am I curious about? I think that's a better question than what am I passionate? What's my passion, you know? Um, a really big one that especially, and COVID has only underscored this to for young people to know is they must accept and hopefully even embrace uncertainty. You know, it, it, I have had grade 11 students say to me, I want a job where I have a pension. Like, you know, who has a pension anymore? You know, or so often the young people I work with say, I think I wanna be a doctor or I think I wanna be a lawyer. I hear that all the time and I understand that. I'm a, I'm a planner too, I like certainty and stability. But it's it's this I want uh, I want to check all the boxes high school check university check medical school check and then I've got a straight clear linear path to success. And you know so many of us have circuitous careers that are have lots of different twists and turns and inherent in that circuitous career path is uncertainty and ambiguity now. What I say to the clients I work with, and I said this to my own children too, is have faith in yourself. You are smart, you are hardworking, 
You're a fun person to be around. You're likable. You're on the cusp of getting a great education. And your life so far has been pretty terrific. So use all of that information to say, you know what? I don't know what the next my five-year plan is. I don't know what my career goals are for the next 10 years, but I do know that I'm hardworking. I do know that I learn and I take responsibility for my own career and that I'm not going to be living in a cardboard box homeless under a bridge somewhere, you know, have faith in yourself. Um, yeah, so I think that's what I, I wish teenagers would, would be able to internalize. Passion is definitely a loaded term and um, there are many arguments for and against using it. So I like your perspective on it for sure. And um, as a career coach, we're working with young adults. So there are misconceptions about the services that we offer. Um, for most of it's like either write a resume for me or help me get a job right away, right? Um, so what other misconceptions or please detail on these ones as well, if that's what you have in mind uh, about working with a career coach? I, I think the biggest one is that um, a career coach will help me find my perfect career and my dream job. And that she will have some test or assessment that we can do, and that's going to help me. And I'll be set for the rest of my life. Well, I like to disabuse young people of the idea that there is such a thing as a dream job. A dream job, think of even the word dream is very ephemeral. You know, I, 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 I don't care what job you have, there is a challenging part of your job. Like if you're getting paid, if you sign a multi-year contract with the NHL and you're signing your contract for hundreds of millions of dollars, the downside of your job is probably you're going to get smashed into the boards every day. There is a downside to every job. There is no such thing as a dream job. And it's you're doing yourself a disservice to think that you're going to find that. And so your, your career coach does not have a crystal ball that they can gaze into to foresee your future. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Um, and the other thing is that I just have to show up. I just have to show up and she's going to kind of, somebody said, do it on me. Like, can you do it on me? You know, you know, and it's really, I always say to the young people I work with, this is a very active process. There is nothing passive about this. The young people that are most successful in my experience are those that I can see the urgency in their eyes. I can see I have their full engagement. They are present. There's that urgency of, I want to figure this out. And they aren't just working in our session, they are also working in the other parts of their life. They are working to address this. Are they listening to podcasts? Maybe they're reaching into their own personal network to talk to people, you know, their neighbors, their parents, their friend, the friends of their parents who are doing interesting work. So maybe they're reading a book. Maybe they're watching YouTube videos on different careers. They have this amazing thing called the internet. So they're, they're, they're searching. It's a, I like to say to the young people I work with that your, your career, your right fit career is not going to reveal itself to you. You know, uh, it, it, it is a 
you are going to hunt it down. It is a relentless search that you are going to hunt it down. And that in itself implies action. That's the big word. You must take action. And so that connects to the other big misconception is, which is a career coach will write me a perfect resume and she will get a job for me. She will help me find a job, preferably within a week or two. And you know what? I, I know that um, job hunting and is very challenging and there is a whole bunch of things you need to do to be a successful job hunter. And it, it actually isn't the at all the focus of what I do as a career coach. I help young people figure out what kind of work do you want to do? What sector, what industry do you see yourself in? What role do you see yourself playing? But I don't actually work on, here's how you get a job. You really summarized a lot of the work that many career coaches do. And for you, specializing with young adults is definitely a great time to start. I am your host, Toda. Thank you for tuning in this morning. My guest is Sabrina McTaggart, and you're listening to a Career Buzz production of Hoda's Career Info on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at CIUT.FM. Up next on Hoda's Career Info, Sabrina shares what she enjoys about being a career coach and talks about some of the challenges a career coach may encounter. What is the best part about your work? Oh, that's an easy one. It is to, I am the person that loves to hear people's stories. So if you're standing in the lineup at the grocery store and you strike up a conversation with me, or if I end up sitting next to you on an airplane and you want to tell me your story and it's even remotely interested, that's what I want to do. I want to hear your story. And, you know, uh, at the, this is going to be a bit of a humble brag here, but I think we all have a superpower. And my superpower, Hoda, is seeing potential, is seeing the potential in the young person. And so for me to sit across every single day and hear the stories of these young people, some of whom are feeling discouraged and even despair, and COVID has only added a layer to that, to be able to help them see their potential, help them to understand the process of career exploration, uh, help walk them through the process, the many steps, help guide them through the career research they need to do, help them understand what an informational interview or a coffee chat is, and then help them connect that to the action steps they need to take to begin to achieve their goals. That is a privilege for me every single day. And, you know, I'm not sure when the novelty is going to wear off, but it certainly hasn't yet. So, so that's what I, uh, that's the best part of my job. It absolutely highlights why you love your job too. Again, I can see you like excited talking about it and that's yeah. uh, awesome. Uh, realistically though, every job has some challenges, right? Like you were saying before is that no perfect is easy. No job is, is easy. So what are some of the challenges that you face as the career coach? I think um, a few of the challenges I face is young people who have strongly held misconceptions about the world of work. Um, you know, they get a lot of their career information from Netflix 
and from movies. And so they, they think that I'm going to be a lawyer because I really like that show suits and, um, you know, it makes being a lawyer look so cool. And so, um, not being open and willing to explore beyond the subset of careers that they know, they know, teacher, lawyer, doctor, police officer, that kind of thing, but not taking the time or the energy to expand beyond that and to challenge their assumptions about what a career is really like. So that's one thing. I think the other thing is a young person who will not give themselves the gift of time. You know, they will not, they, they even, it, it happens that sometimes we do all this work together and they are still unclear. They are still lacking. I don't know what I'm interested in. You know, I don't know um, what it would be like to take a, uh, an engineering class or a, a course in graphic design at college and they will not allow themselves the gift of a gap year to take the time to explore, to sample, to learn and explore outside of a lecture hall. You know, I like to say there are so few times, we know this at our age, there are not that many times in your life when you can say, let's hit the pause button here. Let's take a pause and I get to do whatever I want for a whole year. I'm gonna learn by doing, I'm gonna sample some things, I'm gonna test drive some things. And they, they, they are absolutely, I'm gonna say rigid in, I must get to university, I must get to college because I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be left behind. And I say to them, if you structure a gap here well, if you use your time wisely, if you understand how your, what, your, how, what your options are and how you continue to learn and grow outside of that lecture hall, I guarantee you, you will not be behind. You will be light years ahead. So, yeah. Uh, you brought up the gap here. And uh, <laughs> sometimes the resistance comes from parents as well. Yes. So what do you say to parents who <laughs> have our children who might be, you know, sold on the idea of a gap year, but they have that concern. And I was one of them. That's why I always like to bring that up is that will he ever go back to university? Will he waste? Uh, I have two sons as well. So will he waste <laughs> that one year in the basement playing right. video games? So what do you say to parents who would be against a gap year? Yes, absolutely. The first is that you know, a gap year must be well structured, it must be well planned, there will be goals in place, and that planning has to start early. Ideally, it will happen in grade 12 or in the summer right after grade 12. Because when all of your peers head off to college or university campuses, and you're sitting at home in the basement, that can be a very, very upsetting experience for both the teenager and their parents. So it's understanding that for most young people, so much of their life since the time they were toddlers has been planned and structured and organized. You're going to go to this classroom, you're going to do these projects, you're going to do this math homework, and in the summer you're going to go to this camp and you're going to take this piano lessons. And all of a sudden, faced with an entire year to do whatever you want, that just seems overwhelming and I understand that but it is not an insurmountable barrier. There is a way to wrap your head around it. 
the other thing I would say to parents is, you know, university or college is going to cost you many, many thousands of dollars. Do you really want to send your teenager off to college or university when you can already see that they lack organizational skills, that they don't have the maturity for the self-management, where they are not able to, you know, screen out all of the distractions. And college and university have a whole lot of distractions. Do you really want to start writing tuition checks for thousands and thousands of dollars when you can, if you're really honest, you can acknowledge my son or daughter is just not ready yet, you know? And, and you know, I've had parents, Hoda, say to me, well, when I went to university, I just partied my fool. These are the parents talking. And they say, I partied my full head off for a whole year and I got kicked out or I was on academic probation or whatever. And I say, you know, do you want that for your son or daughter? Is that a, is that a good way to spend? Because I've watched these students go off to university when they're not ready and, or go off to college. And it's so discouraging and so demoralizing when they fail their courses or they feel lost or they say, I don't even know why I'm in this program. So, so recognizing that there are many, many resources out there to help you plan a gap year and you just need to tap into them, so. Thank you so much for your sound advice, Sabrina. I totally agree uh, with that as well. And these were all the questions I had for you today. Was there anything else you would like to add or any one more, one more advice to share before we wrap up? Yeah, I would say understand that the world is changing very quickly, the world of work is changing very quickly, and yes, that presents enormous challenges, but I think there's great opportunity in understanding that we are tossing out some of the old ways of doing things, that you have to proceed up the corporate ladder one rung at a time. A lot of times, People are inventing their own ladders, you know, or here's another one that I'm going to have to go back to school. I'm going to have to go do my MBA. I'm going to have to step out of the workforce for two years and give up my income for two years and go back and do an MBA. You've probably heard the term micro-credentials, where there are thousands of ways that young people can learn hard skills, soft skills, technical skills through these micro-credentials that are often stacking that will make them incredibly attractive to employers. So that, that yes, the world is uncertain. It can almost feel frightening in some ways, but there is great opportunity. And I guess the thing I would end with is, I don't know about you, but I cannot read the headlines, the Globe and Mail, the New York Times, whatever news sites you go to, you cannot read these days without hearing about the massive labor shortage that is happening in our country, whether it's the restaurant and hospitality industry, the skilled trades. I heard a report about veterinarians being in short supply. We desperately need nurses. What I say to the young people I work with is, man, did you ever get born at a good time? You are perfectly positioned because by the time you get your education, you are going to have your pick of jobs. The baby boomers are retiring in droves. That's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for you. So the labor shortage is not good for the country, but it is um, a benefit to the young people who are choosing what kind of work would be a good fit for them.
Absolutely. Yes. And uh, the opportunities are out there. It's just about finding what works for you, for sure. And then micro-credentialing are changing the world of education. And sometimes we have to revisit our values as well and say, okay, is a university education as important as it used to be? Change is happening, but I think it's all exciting for the young people and for us too, as <laughs> we explore opportunities. Absolutely, it to, to, you know, to understand how the world of work is changing and the uh, such cool jobs that are happening out there, the cool, you know, carbon capture and robotics and artificial intelligence. And these jobs are not just for STEM kids. It's not just for the kids who have an aptitude in math and science. All of those industries, artificial intelligence, they're gonna need people in finance and marketing and sales. How does that, you know, how do you fit into that world? That, that's, um, I hope young people will see that as exciting and as you said, full of opportunity. Uh, me too, for sure. <laughs> and I think that's why we do the work that we do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Sabrina. It was a real pleasure to be here anytime. You've been listening to Hoda's Career Info on Career Buzz, Canada's unique radio conversation that empowers lives, enriches careers, and energizes organizations. Right here on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide online at CIUT.FM. I am your host, Hoda Kilani, and you can find out more about me at rightcareerfit.com. Please remember, that you can also watch Hoda's Career Info on YouTube. The other hosts of Career Buzz are Mark Franklin and Stephen Armstrong. If you have any comment on today's show or would like an opportunity to talk about your work, you can send me a direct message on my website, writecareerfit.com, where you can also sign up for my newsletter to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also email me at writecareerfit at shaw.ca or at careerbuzz at ciut.fm. Thanks to my guests, Raza Abbas and Sabrina McTaggart, for supporting my mission to increase career literacy and for supporting you in your career journey. You can connect with Raza and Sabrina on LinkedIn. An MP3 of today's show is available in the podcast section of careercycles.com. Catch Career Buzz every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Remember to subscribe to Career Buzz on your favorite podcast app or find it at the podcast link on careercycles.com. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during the series are solely those of the guests involved and do not necessarily represent an endorsement from the series provider. That's it for today's episode of Career Buzz and Hoda's Career Info. Thank you for listening and until next time, stay inspired and keep moving in constructive ways.